welcome to the Who Is She podcast, where I will take you on a journey of self-empowerment and of course, hilarious laughs. It's me, Shayla, your fave tattooed photographer lady, and I am so excited to be doing this podcast with you. I want you to love yourself with the power of a thousand suns, and that is the journey that we will take together. This is a safe space for queer, neurodivergent, fat, disabled, and otherwise marginalized people to feel safe, seen, and heard. Thank you so much for joining me. Welcome to the Who Is She podcast. With me is Leah Toyne, my makeup artist extraordinaire. Uh, Here is a little bit about Leah that I wrote a while ago for our workshop. Leah is the Bob Ross of makeup in Perth. (laughs) With over eight years experience as a professional makeup artist, their soothing yet confident presence is perfect for those pre-photo shoot nerves. They are the maestro of color, blessing us with their expertise on artistic stage and photographic looks, while also being able to turn out a flawless natural beat. Their talents extend beyond the brush as a blessed performer, dancer, teacher, and producer. Everything they touch turns to gold. Welcome, Leah! Hi! <laughs> I think you're going to have to talk a little bit louder. Okay, I'll just go a bit closer. Okay. 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 <laughs> we are using Leah's partner's microphone, which is much more sensitive than mine. So you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> So, Leah, we're going to talk about makeup and self-expression, something that you know everything about. <laughs> how, how much time we got? <laughs> One hour. <laughs> um, I thought we'd talk about how we know each other, how we met, because people are always really interested in that. They're really surprised that we've known each other for as long as we have. Mm. So we uh, do workshops together where Leah teaches their amazing makeup skills and I teach posing and it's basically the Shayla comedy hour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, look at my laugh. It's just blowing out the recording. It's all right. It's fine. fine. (laughs) Everything's okay. So from your point of view, how did we meet? We met when I was 18 years old. I think my first memory of you is... One of my first days working at the now non-existent store Burlesque Baby. <laughs> uh, and the first day I started was a photo shoot. Oh, was that your first day? Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. I walked in and it was this, um, it's a pin-up retro clothing store for anybody that, that remembers it or doesn't know what it is. Um, but we were doing product shoots for the website for some of the clothes that we had and using the people that work there as models and you were shooting it I wasn't a model at that time or anything like that but um yeah I was just helping out happy to be there you were in the photos weren't you no this was um the first first time I had pink hair back then Lauren wasn't there I think I'd met Tammy that day as well and wow oh my god yeah you were plunged in deep yeah you guys I when I arrived I got a glass of champagne I was just like what is this what is this world Simone loved the champagne loved the champagne (laughs) (laughs) so yeah then we were just in each other's lives 
Yeah, in and out for a, a while, yeah. Yeah. So how long did you work at Bless Baby and what were you studying at the time? I had just finished, uh, I think I was studying at that time theatre and design. Where at? Uh, at Murdoch Uni. Oh. Yes. So probably just only just started that year and I was like, I'm going to be finally to be me coming from a Catholic like private school and I was like as soon as I left I'd dye my hair blue and got piercings and I was like yeah this is me now and I would always walk past by less baby being like maybe one day I'll work there yeah. and then I did <laughs> I started working at MAME when I was 15. Mm-hmm. So that was the goth clothing shop that Simone owned before Burlesque Baby. So this is a bit of like Perth history yeah. for all of those. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. <laughs> this is 17 years ago I started to work there because obviously I was the coolest person ever. How could she not hire me straight obviously. off the street? <laughs> so did you apply for a job there or you just... Yeah, yeah. I think I, I just like sent an email with a picture of myself. <laughs> They were like, yeah, come in. I was like, cool. So why did you want to study theatre? What was it about it that you liked? I, I was a dancer throughout Ooh, my whole a life. Dog a <laughs> Like what up until the end of high school. I did tap, I did jazz. Yeah, anything basically that my dance school was doing besides acro. I lost that ability when I was like a teenager. <laughs> You're just like, I'm not a bendy bitch. It's no. It's just not me. No. <laughs> but I am like bendy in many ways yeah you can still do the splits yeah yeah. (laughs) and then throughout high school i was doing dance and i did it for te and got to do contemporary and all that and had a really great dance teacher who was kind of like my mentor yeah let me do like things like choreographer our school's dance like team and yeah put me in like some acting roles in some of those choreography moments so I didn't want to do dance after high school because I just felt like it wasn't really for me and my body type. Oh, okay. And so I was like, maybe theatre would be the way to go because I could still be on because, stage and still be around it. hit puberty and got breastuses? Is that yeah, what you mean? I had breasts since <laughs> I was like 10, you know? <laughs> But yeah. Yeah, and it's very much like if you're a dancer, you don't have giant titties. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> But then, yeah, I just fell in love with um, doing makeup throughout my whole, like, theatre degree and costuming and stuff. And I thought that maybe I'd be more of, like, a production back-of-house person Mm -hmm. rather than on stage. But I just needed to find something that was, like, a mix of the two of them. Mm -hmm. And makeup helped me do that with, like, expression because these bitches could not paint. (laughs) Someone had to teach them. (laughs) I was like... Let me, let just let me do it. <laughs> and then I had some um, amazing mentors at uni who then like funded me to go to makeup school after I finished my Which is degree. So special. Yeah. I love that they saw your talent because I think it's so natural for you. So maybe you don't, or like, I guess it's like for me, sometimes I see how other photographers work and I'm like, huh, I wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> and I feel like that about makeup artists. Like I've seen a lot of makeup artists work. And the reason that I said that you're like Bob Ross is because you're doing like happy little brush. Like you literally are like doing a painting on somebody's face. The mm. way that you kind of look at it and like, a little bit over here, a little bit over there. Yeah. It's like, it's very like delicate and people often don't feel like they're having their face like beat by you. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, it just felt like some little like gentle brush strokes. And then my face is like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've always 
been more drawn to like doing stuff with my hands in, in like a 3D kind of concept. Like I've not always been good at like drawing and like fine art stuff. Mm. And then when it comes to crafting, I just get way too frustrated with all like the little bits and like the, the fine coordination. Relate. I'm not very crafty either. Um, I have lots of ideas for shit that I want to make, but I can't <laughs> do any of it. <laughs> Do you feel like being like artistic is like in your family? Because obviously you have a very talented twin toyn stitch witch, Lauren, mm-hmm. who we love very much, um, and she makes amazing costumes. Do you feel like it's like a, a thing in your family or that you two were just like in competition to see who could be the most <laughs> creative and weird? No, I mean, my uh, sisters are all like creative or in the arts in some way. Yeah. My uncle is a an actor and has an acting school in Perth. Oh, and wow. Has done that for like many, many years and played music and other uncle. And then uncle. you have a cousin who's an accountant. And then I have a cousin who's an accountant. The through line is there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just like my mom helped, just wanted us to do whatever we wanted to do. So we were like, I'm interested in learning the guitar. She'd be like, okay. <laughs> okay, all yeah. right, guitar lessons for you. And like, oh, choosing what to do after high school because apparently you have to choose your career path when you're a 14 year old it it's, was always like design stuff and always like something it's creative ridiculous. That was, yeah i can't believe yeah. how young they want kids to decide their whole life because so many people change careers very frequently you know you, you follow what you're passionate about mm. the thing that i wanted to talk to you about is a lot of people have had the argument with me before that you can't be body positive and have makeup And I think that that's ridiculous. Mm -mm. I understand that they're saying, like, everything should be real and raw and show people how they actually are. I totally get that. And if you don't want makeup for a shoot, fuck yeah. Like, I, it's taken me years to be okay with my face without makeup because I used to have to wear it to work every day and I didn't feel good enough without it. So I've had people say to me, you can't truly be a body positive photographer if your clients are getting their makeup done. And I highly disagree with that, but I wanted your opinion on that statement. I think it's a pretty ridiculous statement, first off, because makeup's function isn't to lie to people, is not to put on um, something that covers yourself. It's something that brings out yes, like different parts yes. of yourself and your expression. But I think like when it comes to photo shoots, it serves a function more than anything else because... You're thinking about how the light is going to react to it. You're thinking about, yeah, basically how you can bring out things that you wouldn't normally be able to bring out in like an everyday kind Mm. of makeup look Mm -hmm. and how to really elevate it to suit the needs of the shoot. Like, for example, our goddess photo shoots, they're a lot, probably a lot less like stylized makeup than what I would normally do for like a stage show or something like that. It's not as much makeup, Mm -hmm. but the makeup that is going on is very purposeful for like making it look really metallic and glowy and fresh and youthful. So that's more how I think about it in terms of like suiting a photo shoot. And even if you're not putting on slaps and slaps of makeup, like it's still, it's doing something for you. Like Mm. (laughs) it's bringing out the beauty in people. Yeah. It's the same as wearing clothing to me or like having a haircut or any other thing that helps you 
mold the flesh suit that you're in to reflect your outside like I feel very similarly about tattoos like for me when I'm getting a tattoo the tattooist is kind of revealing on my skin what I feel is already there mm. and that's how makeup feels because it's reflecting who I see myself as on the inside yeah so you know if I am a vicious Valkyrie woman that day then the makeup is going to reflect that it's going to mm. be black and gold and fierce and you know like I look like a winged demon coming down from the sky to harvest the souls of men from the battlefield. And that is who I am today. And I love that makeup can change and flow with your expression that day. Like, um, it helps though. You kind of, I, that's why, why I needed to like learn it because for character on stage, it was such a huge part of becoming that character and when people didn't have that skill to be able to bridge what it looked like on the outside to how they were like performing mm. it, I felt that like it could have just been elevated way more. Mm. And it's really nice to see that on in people during photo shoots, like as you're putting on makeup, you're kind of like hyping them up for the shoot, mm. asking them questions about what they want to get out of it and how they want to feel. And like the makeup is such an integral part of that mm. transformation, I think. And I love how you mentioned before that you think about how the makeup is going to react in the photo shoot because I feel like people think of makeup as one thing, that there is only one way to do makeup that they've seen, I don't know, Napoleon talk about 20 years ago. That And makeup is always changing. There's always new products. There's always mm. new techniques. It's a, it's a very flowing industry but understanding how makeup is going to react in daylight versus how it's going to react under a flash versus how it's going to react under neon lights is so important and I think that's why we work really well together not just because we obviously have amazing personalities (laughs) is because you're you're seeing my my end vision and not just slapping the same face on every person because I've worked places where it was like everybody got the same makeup. And the thing is, is if people don't like their makeup, they're not going to like any of their photos. There's no way that you can convince somebody to like yeah. those photos if they fucking hated the lash or they didn't like or they felt like they were too pale or whatever. Yeah. And I think people out there who don't understand that when you're working with a great makeup artist who understands how the camera is going to work during a photo shoot, how the light is going to fall on the products that using how that can change the the end result and also how it can make a client feel like Mm. if you have shimmering collarbones nothing makes you feel more glamorous i know (laughs) whenever i approach people to like paint their hands i'm like what are you doing (laughs) like trust me (laughs) because it just it, it adds flourish to everything you do because it shimmers it shines it picks up the light and as a team because you have a very like soothing personality i think personally <laughs> um, we're an interesting combo because you're a triple fire sign and i'm a triple air sign <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of feed each other i think because yeah we... welcome to our photo shoot extreme weather condition <laughs> <laughs> we need some earth signs to balance <laughs> Nah. 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 Fuck him. Don't need him. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, you know, I, you know, in the photo shoot, I'm such high energy and I feel like you get people excited for the photos in a different way because you're, you're kind of holding their hand through a, a physical transformation and then I'm guiding them through posing and stuff. And like, 
I think if you argued really about like the body positivity aspect of it, it's like makeup is temporary. So is the pose that we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're showing you yourself maybe how you've never seen yourself before. Mm -hmm. Not trying to show you that how you are every day in and out, you know, running to Kmart is not good enough. That is not the point of a photo shoot. The photo shoot is supposed to be like, look at how fucking sexy you are. Like, you are the goddess of your dreams. You are your higher self. You are, you know, your D&D character. You know, mm. that they're all facets of you. And you don't have to just be one thing. I feel like that's the power of makeup is that you get to explore literally so many faces of yourself and like how can I express myself in this direction how can I express myself in that direction do you feel like that that's what makeup allows you to do with yourself yeah 100% every time I put on makeup it really like changes how I'm going to feel that day or like yeah it just puts me in a different kind of headspace mm-hmm. um, and I think that's such a massive difference from like what I want to put out there to like how I feel kind of thing. <laughs> So whenever I'm like, yeah, I've got this very specific makeup look on and I feel this way and someone's like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I'm like, you don't know what it means. <laughs> I love like it when, when someone you... gets it specifically, you're like, yes. <laughs> we did a photo shoot with Betty Bombshell the other day and I love the makeup you did on her and how you described it as a bitchy brow. <laughs> it was a bitchy brow. <laughs> like it, it gave that kind of Disney villain. Mm. Like I see a brow like that and it makes me question all of my life choices. <laughs> and that is the, that's how I want my eyebrows to be all the time. <laughs> I want people to see them and be like, what have I done? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> make people kind of scared of you yeah i can help you achieve that that's fine yeah and just the way that you can like enhance some parts of the face i think is really like magical is there any like kind of quick like makeup tips that you would give people about like what to look for or like what brands you think are particularly good or best like for money um i think if you are looking to like see as much difference as you can with your face but not have to do as much to it I think learning how to contour and um, use like things like bronzer are pretty important because that's something that I feel like I do most days even when I don't want to wear that much makeup like on my eyes or anything so you're creating shadows is that yeah. what you're meaning and yeah like and warmth depth. to the skin mm. you're adding depth to the face you're enhancing features that already exist but um, making them like I don't know it, the hardest thing about makeup is putting on makeup and making it look like it's not there exactly yeah <laughs> I always feel like I look like I'm in a powdered wig or something because I just go ham with the powder and then my face moves and it cracks yeah and... <laughs> so I feel like a lot of people yeah they want that like no makeup look but the thing is skin has texture it mm. does and like there's almost something like wonderful about seeing the texture of the skin through makeup I I kind of I personally like that but also obviously like different products are gonna show up different mm-hmm, ways mm-hmm. like I've learned so much from you about like moisturizer and primers I didn't realize what they did or the texture that they needed to be like that was amazing and I love that you teach this because some people can be very guarded with their knowledge about makeup and like don't want to share their techniques or whatever because they want to be the only one who can do this particular thing (laughs) and um you're very like yeah just like do this (laughs) sorry i always make fun of (laughs) (laughs) it i think it's always going to be different how you do your makeup on yourself to how 
uh, like you put it on other people. Mm-hmm. Like there's two completely different things. So that's why I don't mind sharing my skills with people because I know that they're not going to go out and like start being a makeup artist after I teach them how to do something. Well, and if you inspired somebody to be a makeup artist, how fucking cool is that? Yeah, amazing, right? You know, like I've had people who've come to me for photo shoots who are now photographers and I'm like, cool, like because they're offering something different than what I do. So why would I be threatened by that? Exactly. And the thing is, makeup is accessible to everybody and so is photography really. Yeah. So when people are performing on stage, what do you feel like needs to be different about their makeup? Everything is like pumped up to about 150%. (laughs) Paint for the back of the room. Yeah. Well, I think when you're doing makeup for photos, you're working a lot with skin texture and like enhancing that kind of thing and making it look really flawless and beautiful mm-hmm. whereas stage you're looking for it to be as noticeable and as deep and as big as possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I almost think about stage as being more of like a 2d kind of yes. effect because that's a good way to explain it. yeah when you have those lights on you and people are viewing you as an audience member they're only really seeing like a really blown out like level of lighting on your whole body and not mm. always on the face so you really have to think about it as like how can I put that light and put those shadows back into my face if a light is shining directly on it and mm. flattening everything so it's not so much about making your skin look perfectly smooth it's about oh, making yeah. <laughs> enhancing certain aspects of it to go with the performance is yeah that what you mean like- yeah exactly like, as you were saying before, with, like, if you wanted to have, like, a really bitchy brow for mm. your, your that performance, you have to make sure that bitchy brow is really noticeable, as dark as you can probably go mm. with it, and then highlight certain areas of that brow to yes. make it look even, like, more exaggerated than like it you're, is. Like, you're painting the expression on when you're yeah, on stage. Literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Wow. And you're painting in even things like, you're painting your bone structure, mm. you're painting in the expression on your mouth kind yeah. of thing. That's how extreme I can go with it. It's very, like, closely linked to drag and, yeah, even, like, um, yeah, sculpture in a way because, like, you're almost drawing in those shadows and stuff. But, yeah, it's really amazing to see people's transformation because that's, like, one of the biggest transformations Mm. we can make with makeup is for the stage yeah (laughs) because people can be a bit scared sometimes to go very heavy with it yeah they're like wow this is a lot yeah what i feel like a lot of people can be very afraid of things like lashes when they don't have like a big gap between their eye and their eyebrow Mm. i find that quite a lot i've noticed in photo shoots they're like oh well i don't have very big eyes so i shouldn't wear a big lash do you agree with that I think you, there are ways that you can like make your face support something that doesn't feel like it's naturally like able to support. Like if there was a really big eyelash that you wanted to wear, you can do things like trim it and um, press it up against your face so it sits flatter against mm. it and not like coming out yeah. as much and drooping. Um, but like even if you if you feel like you have to wear a big eyelash, you don't have to mm. kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. Do you feel like us both working at goth shops and burlesque shops influences what we do a lot? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're, bloody, we're, we're goths at heart. <laughs> a couple of old goths. <laughs> 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 old goths. <laughs> Not that you're old, I'm old. <laughs> I think working at a place where women would, and like even other, lots of other genders and mm-hmm. so like sexual expressions came in to find something that they wouldn't normally go and look for. Like, so many 
hens would come in to find a burlesque outfit for their themed hens party. Mm-hmm. And then we also had people that were maybe like transitioning, finding their first like outfit that Mm -hmm. they weren't normally going to be shopping for and didn't feel like they could go to a shop and buy Mm -hmm. I think that has helped with like communicating and connecting with people to be able to make them feel comfortable and make them feel safe that they're like this is a time that they can play and be Mm -hmm. really excited and yeah feel good in what they're about to do yeah, so I think it definitely impacted us. I think Burlesque Baby and Mame specifically did. Cause yeah, we were quite lucky to work there before online shopping became such a massive thing. Yeah. Um, so that people, kind of, they really did kind of have to go in places and try stuff on because returning things was a lot harder. And mm. um, yeah, working with people of all different like gender expressions and sexual identities I think was very interesting because you know we'd be I don't know about you but I was like 16 years old selling demonias yeah it was like the only shop that I had ever seen selling shoe sizes bigger than a 10 yes exactly so a lot of drag queens yeah. and I'm in, in an 11 yeah right and one of the only like you know alternative clothing stores as well and Mm -hmm. people were kind of like starved to connect with others that are like them and similar so you'd often talk to people for really long periods of time you'd often meet people and make friends with them like it was its own community yeah Uh, how do you feel about like the performing community and the queer community in Perth because to me they're one and the same Mm. like if you're doing burlesque classes you know queer people you know other people of gender expressions I feel like it's a it's a gateway drug to the queer agenda (laughs) which is wonderful everybody come on in But the thing that I also love about the queer community in Perth, some people find this quite stressful, is we we do hold each other to very high standards of diversity. Mm-hmm. So obviously I'm a fat person and I have a lot of tattoos, so I'm different looking. I'm marginalized in my own way. And, and you identify as like not just as a woman, as a non-binary person, mm-hmm. but it, it doesn't feel like that's sort of weird in our community. It's just like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Like that's how they're expressing themselves yeah. today. Um, how do you feel that it's helpful in Perth to have that community? I was thinking about this the other day when I had come back from Melbourne. I was like, yeah. why is Perth's scene different or Perth's community different? And I think we have this like thing where because our community is a lot smaller there's like way more overlap between communities yes so yeah. between the queer community between drag between performers between like disabled like people you know all those mm-hmm. like, kind of things overlap and cross into each other and i think that makes it such a beautiful like melting pot of mm. different abilities and ideas and avenues to go down when it comes to like creation of shows or creation of you know anything really so i think yeah we have <laughs> i forgot to <laughs> i love the diversity that we have in perth yeah and i know it's it's hard when you live in a small place for people to not have like infighting and issues with each other and rivalries and things like that but mm. i feel very lucky to live here that we have things like fringe that we can easily access people with the knowledge that we want like people can speak to you as a makeup artist people can speak to you me as a photographer like if uh, i know so many people who are maybe not only disabled but they're also neurodivergent and uh, a circus performer so it's like yeah you seeing so many facets of people and there's a lot of like room for i think 
growth in different areas like now you're a blessed performer and also a producer as well so mm-hmm. how did you get into producing from the avenue of performing I think I actually didn't go into burlesque thinking that I would want to produce shows and put on shows like pressure <laughs> yeah oh yeah it's a bit of pressure <laughs> But I was very fortunate to have a now really good friend of mine, Busty Bubbles, approach me during class or after a class one day to ask me to be a part of something that she was thinking about starting up Mm -hmm. because she had friends that um, had a venue that would allow them to put on shows for free. And it was just a matter of like, okay, let's plan a show. Mm -hmm. Let's do what, let's put the first one on and then Mm -hmm. we can see what happens from there. And it snowballed and ended up becoming like, yeah, something that I spend a lot of my time doing, which is like creating space for performers to, I don't know, have a bit of fun, like do something that maybe is a little less structured to what they're Mm. normally used to with like variety show or performing spaces. But we kind of went into producing with the idea of like, we know where our abilities are and what we can produce at this moment which is maybe something a bit grittier, maybe something a bit more underground that doesn't have like a huge budget, Mm. but we're going to do what we can with it to make it still feel really nice and feel supportive. And I think that's one of the more important things that we went into into it doing is we're going to create the space for performers, not necessarily like always thinking about the end product for the audience like that comes a bit later but mm-hmm. how what we went into it doing was creating a space for performers and mostly for ourselves because at that time we didn't really feel like we were being put on stages a lot and wanted to basically put ourselves on stage so. yeah <laughs> because it's like when you have that love of performing you want to be in front of an audience yeah. so it's like you got to make your own shows happen sometimes it's like you know sometimes the photo shoots that I want to do and nobody else is doing them and I have to make that shit happen yeah exactly <laughs> and I I, I, don't, I I think it's so important about what you said about you're putting the show on for performers Obviously, the audience is going to enjoy it because yeah. you're all talented performers. Yeah, exactly. But it's a different point of view, I think. Whereas, like, say, when a venue is doing it, maybe their motivation is how many drinks are we going to sell that night? How yeah. many patrons are we going to get through the door? Yeah. They're not going, has that performer had a chance? Has that performer been on stage? Yeah. No, has anybody booked that act that they do that maybe isn't as mainstream or something like that? I think yeah. that that's a, that's a really important, like, a point of view to have because everybody's going to come at it from a different way. Like I consider myself a professional audience member. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a one woman audience. And <laughs> that's all me- we need. If we have one Shayla, <laughs> we've we got to show people. we got to show. <laughs> but I, for me, like uh, the reason that I cheer so loud and so hard is I know how much effort it takes to get from, you know, concept to stage. Mm-hmm. And people think they just get up there and take their clothes off. But I've seen great burlesque and I've seen not so great burlesque in my life. And I know the the difference. And even just seeing the same act a year apart and how it can be refined and polished and their performance ability and their comfort on stage can grow. And you can get a totally 
totally different feel from a performer. Mm. And I feel like we even see that in our photo shoots. Like the the clients that come back to us again and again and again is like from the first time when they're so nervous and they have no kind of awareness of their body and they might need a lot more like coaching and like a lot of support because they're scared and it's Mm. their first time doing something totally new and scary. And then, you know, they're coming back for their sixth photo shoot that year and Mm -hmm. they're ripping their clothes off in front of (laughs) us. And it's so, it's great to see that progression and to see people fall in love with themselves. And I'm sure you see it like as a teacher of burlesque performers is like you see their growth over that short amount of time. Like, yeah, I think like when we were discussing our first lineups at Basement, it was because we had a few, uh, there were four of us producing at the time. We each chose people that we were like, I don't know, really related to or really wanted to see more of because we just knew something Mm. about them. It wasn't like, who's going to pull in the most people or who's going to, who's got the best ability. It's like, okay, that person has something that is worth sharing and mm. needs to be put on stage. And you can just see that with like, it, as like students of burlesque as well, you can see people who are super passionate about it and rearing to go. And it, then there's other people that are very nervous in the first few mm. classes and it takes a little bit more time to bring that out of them but then come show day they're having the best time of their life and like that is such a beautiful thing to see because I experienced that like myself (laughs) so I think, like, I was just thinking about, like, performing and makeup together because, obviously, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I, my first, like, thought is, like, how do you stop the sweat from showing so much? <laughs> uh, as a sweaty, sweaty person. <laughs> sweaty betties. <laughs> sweaty betties. <laughs> feel like, okay, so you got to localize the sweat area. Where does it come from the most? So oh, everyone's different. Oh, yeah. I get some people it's under the eyes. Some yeah. people it's the forehead. I've had people have really sweaty noses. Yeah, I get, I get really sweaty, nose. like upper lip. Oh, okay. Um, so you got to figure out where you're pouring from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think like a really good like primer is like quite good for that because not only will it kind of like like create like a barrier between your skin and the makeup, the right primer can really create like a sweat proof kind of barrier to that. Mm. So I really like the Hydra Grip kind of primers that are like quite sticky yes yeah see i didn't know primer was meant to be sticky until you told me that it's not meant to be (laughs) there are sticky like sticky primers that have probably come out in the last two years that have changed the game yeah really changed the game and they it's because they have like a higher content of glycerin in there which is um like a plant-based material basically that your skin normally produces and it creates like a film over your skin okay so when you sweat where's it going that's not any of my business. She's like, am I a scientist? <laughs> Stop asking me questions. But do you feel like it doesn't come through the makeup or make the makeup run down? Is that? Yeah, I mean, it's not just the primer. It's like then the the powder that you're using okay. and then also the setting spray. So they all kind of like react chemically Work together. together. Yeah. Because like when we, when we do glitter bath shoots, people's faces are often getting wet, mm. obviously, because they're in water, it's going to happen. But their makeup still looks fucking stamped yeah. on at the end of it. And I'm always amazed at how you do that. <laughs> I use, uh, towards the end of it, a water resistance finishing spray, setting spray, which is pretty hardcore setting spray made for, like, sweat kind okay. of thing. And that definitely helps it stay on. Because oh. once oh. you're sweating, 
there's not much that you can do to stop the water reacting to like the waxes and the oils and then the powders in your skin. Oh. And as soon as you wet powder, obviously it starts to like ball up yeah, and disintegrate. Yeah, gluggy. Yeah, like clad glue. Yeah, yeah, face. yeah. So if you can do stuff to minimize that, that's good. So halfway through the makeup when we've powdered, I'll spray the face down to settle the powders into the skin. Um, so it's not sitting on top as much. And then at the end, we then do like the final setting spray and then makeup can't really go on top of that. So okay. if it reacts with water, it's like not as much. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like makeup is a science and people don't often think of it that way because, you know, things that often us as AFAB people enjoy, makeup, dancing, performing, whatever, they're seen as frivolous and not serious and not... Not that you need a lot of knowledge to do them. Whereas I feel like a makeup artist has had so much knowledge. Uh, and that's just something that I've experienced like as a photographer for a long time. Is I feel like now I have the ability to pick a good makeup artist from maybe somebody who's still learning. Mm. Or maybe somebody who can only do one thing. Because, I mean, there are the tattooists in the world who do one type of tattoo. That's it. They're no, they won't go out of their style. Yeah. And there are makeup artists like that as well. And... I was wondering if you were choosing a makeup artist, so like say somebody listening is in another state and they can't book you in all of your glory. I'm coming. (laughs) I'll pack my bag. (laughs) Our Australia-wide tour is being announced. (laughs) What would you look for in a makeup artist? Like if you were looking at somebody's social media, what would you be looking for? I think I would probably look for someone who works across different fields, like film and then also photo and then also maybe something I guess more traditional would be like runway something where they're working in different environments just because they'll know how to adapt the products to suit the the context of mm-hmm. why you need makeup mm-hmm. yeah I think looking for someone who can do really light-handed makeup is always really good because that's such a fine-tuning a fine-tuned way to approach makeup is seeing how those products react to mm-hmm. skin and making them look flawless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. You could, there's so many different things. For me, like I know when I'm looking at somebody's social media to decide if they're a makeup artist that I want to work with, I'm looking to see if they show mature faces. Yeah. If they have different skin tones and textures because doing makeup on a darker skin tone is very different to doing it on a lighter skin tone. Like, And I feel like sometimes people only learn how to do makeup on white people. Yeah. Or maybe they don't understand all the different undertones and the makeup doesn't match the neck or the chest. And Mm -hmm. that's a big thing. But also, like, I have a big face and I like Nikki tutorials because... Nikki has a big fucking face like mine. So it felt like somebody I could learn off. But there aren't, well, there weren't before TikTok, a lot of people with a, like a bigger face that you can learn from. And there weren't a lot of people with like textured skin that you could learn makeup from. So if you're only seeing photos of like 18 year olds in full glam on yeah, their page. Like face tapes to pull yes, their skin back. And, then, yeah. yeah. See, I didn't even know that was a thing until yeah. I started watching Drag Race. I didn't know people, people literally that- put tape on the side of their face to like, give themselves a facelift is that something yeah. that's been going on on red carpets for forever <laughs> uh it's been happening more for like editorial photo shoots yeah, and yeah there's yeah there's so many secrets but also like on. it goes back to like marlene dietrich used to do oh, it 
to hold her face up and to it was like a whole series of wires keeping her face together yes. <laughs> to keep it lifted may so. west i wouldn't be surprised if there was yeah. a hoist and pulley system there just for the Literally. boots alone oh, <laughs> i went to an exhibition in melbourne at the acme yeah. like, museum and her dresses were there and oh. her shoes and she literally her shoes they must have been like the first platform shoes ever made oh. because they literally look like two massive disco platform shoes stacked on top of oh, each other because she was so teeny she was so small and she wore really long dresses to hide them but like it was so interesting to look oh, at yeah, anyway. to see all the secrets backstage yeah, exactly but i think it's been happening all these like ropes and pulleys and smokes and mirrors mm. have been around for so so many years because you know as women or people that were wearing makeup, you often had to hide it. You didn't, wasn't allowed to be worn. Like, I love it when allowed men to wear, wear makeup. makeup. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was only meant to be for men. Yes, exactly. Like, like wigs were invented for men. Yeah. And high heels were invented for men. Yeah. And, like, do you have a favorite era of makeup? I think I really am drawn to, like, 1920s makeup. Oh, yeah, the dramatic eye. Yeah, I think because it was, like, one of the first like eras of makeup where they were looking to change their features mm. in dramatic they ways. They went hard. Yeah, they went hard. I love that. And it, makeup is such like a marker of society and politics and art and things like that. And it's just so interesting why they did certain mm. things with their face and their eyes. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I love the stories of like, you know, like Rococo sort of Marie Antoinette times and like when people had the white powder on to like cover up syphilis sores and things mm, like that. Yeah. When I, Queen I Elizabeth find, died, yeah. she was said to have like a layer about two inches yeah, thick of makeup. Yeah, there was arsenic in it. And, and she like, never removed it. Yes. Just added on. Imagine your skin under that. It'd be so itchy. Yeah. But I think like now there's so much information about the skincare that you need to do under your makeup. I did... It wasn't until I was, like, fucking in my 30s, which I am now, that I knew that, like, you really do need to, like, look after your skin so that your makeup works. Because, like, I <laughs> I still forget to wash my brushes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I tease Leah about all the time is that <laughs> they're a massive germaphobe, and, which <laughs> you want your makeup artist to be a massive germaphobe, by the way. Like, <laughs> if, if they aren't the cleanest person, like with washing their hands and stuff that you've ever met, then you're going to get conjunctivitis. <laughs> I just spat everywhere. Get it away from me. So <laughs> like there's so much, I guess, information now about like how, you know, it can like affect your acne and like you have amazing skin. I, I'm looking at it. It's so smooth <laughs> and buttery and I'm... <laughs> Mine's a mess. <laughs> yeah. yeah, skincare is definitely important, or even just like being clean in general. I, I thankfully don't have that many issues with my skin being sensitive or reactive mm. to things. So, but I do understand that for a lot of people it is that yeah. way. Like they are coming into makeup or approaching makeup with this have to use it to camouflage or hide. Um, and then you're buying makeup that's like very heavy and like not great for your skin wearing it all the time Mm. so then you have to be really careful about how you remove it and still keep be gentle to your skin and even hydration like I never really thought about like my skin is an organ in my body so it needs to be hydrated just like the inside of me needs to be hydrated yeah so many people think their skin is 
like too oily because yes. it just is so moist and supple. I but get it's like not that the case. too. Like when my face is all like shiny, I'm like I'm so oily and disgusting. But I think because I grew up in the time when like matte makeup was the thing, like the dream uh, matte mousse. <laughs> Look, it's still appealing <laughs> to put, like, whipped cream on my face. <laughs> I feel like you put up with so much of, like, my mess. Like, I have so many messy photo shoot ideas. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Leah's face right now. <laughs> I just don't, I don't like sticky. Yeah, yeah. It's a big sensory thing. Yeah. 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 But you're very, like, excited for me. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I love doing special effects stuff, and it's, like, the messiest yeah, situation yes. sometimes, and, you know. Like, um, tomorrow we're doing a bloodbath shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably the messiest thing. I don't want to touch done. it. I want to make it. I don't want to touch it. Yeah. I want to pour it on the people. I don't want to touch I don't wanna, it. I don't want to be poured on at all. So, wait, so you didn't just do makeup. You did special effects makeup as well. Yeah. Tell the people about it. Yeah. And, um, I think I started doing special effects before I even started doing, like, regular makeup. Ah, it was like, give me the burns. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was always something you could do, like, with stuff that you had around the house. Oh. So, with, like tissue paper or cotton balls and a bit of latex you could create like wounds and just stuff. a bit of latex yeah. do you mean like liquid latex liquid latex <laughs> yeah yeah so i went into like doing that at, during my makeup course but at the time because i went to murdoch university they have a really amazing like film and like screen units oh. there and I had i did lots of them myself but i had lots of friends that pursued film as well mm-hmm. so they would make their student films and and then i'll be like i can do the makeup just to like be around yeah and see the process yeah exactly because i just part of the reason i do all the things that i do is because i love meeting and connecting with other artists and being around their production and just yes. hanging out so all my friends would make films and I would be like yeah I'll spend 12 hours with you on a random Saturday doing <laughs> putting makeup on someone's feet to make yeah. them look like a core up I'll do that Let, let's do a it a frostbite yeah exactly <laughs> and now some of my friends have been able to win like film awards and oh. film festivals and, and stuff. you should get awards for that makeup too yeah where's my I award love that raven like won an Emmy for the makeup on Drag Race because I feel like that is definitely your future what do you what do you feel like the future looks like what are your big dreams what are your big goals big dreams big goals I think I would love to have my own like studio somewhere Mm -hmm. and where people can come to me and I can be a part of their massive creative projects that would be amazing mm-hmm. a la like the makeup wardrobe in sydney oh wow yeah she works with oh. so many amazing people and yeah i just I, I don't know i just want to constantly be around other creatives and be a part of other people's like passions and do you want to be mine do you want to be doing makeup for people like on stage more or like do you prefer like doing makeup for photo shoots or like what's my, your favorite kind of my you dream, like all of it i like all of it but my dream was to be a traveling makeup artist with Cirque du Soleil. Oh my God! <laughs> I always wanted to be like a face painter or like, yeah. yeah, do makeup for shows. And then when I started doing makeup for like fringe and um, for performance, I realized a lot, a lot of people do it themselves. Oh, so yeah. then it's, I went it would into, be the same every day. Yeah, same every so day. You would just learn it takes how less to... time to do it yourself. Yeah. And, um, so that's when I looked at educating and I've worked with like, young kids teaching them how to put like 
clown face on and stuff. But um, yeah, it'd be I'd, I'd love to be a part of like big productions where they travel mm-hmm. with shows and yeah, take me along for the ride. And Yay! That would be awesome. That would be so fun. What about like performer Leah? Tangerine Scream. Tangerine Scream. Well, if I'm in the show already, <laughs> then I could also do the makeup. So. I'm there. I use my there. skills. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to hang out backstage and also do my makeup? And all? <laughs> I'll give you money. Exactly. I think, yeah, finding a way to merge the two is has been, like, um, exciting, but, like, sometimes hard because, you know, you have to give equal amounts of time or sometimes an unequal amount of time to each of those mm-hmm. things. So mm-hmm. learning new skills like with burlesque because I've been doing it less time is harder when I'm spending lots and lots of time doing makeup, which I also really love so yeah, much. And yeah. like, that's like where my livelihood is a lot of the yeah. time. So what about like being a producer? Like about, cause that's being a business owner yeah. in its own way <laughs> as well as being a makeup artist and being a burlesque performer is a business yeah. like a lot of people don't make money from burlesque uh, because they buy so many rhinestones <laughs> but I mean because I feel like you have a lot of creative pursuits and that that's what makes you such a rich diverse person do you feel like you'd ever want to focus on one thing no, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I, don't I know think, how. I don't think you would yeah. either. <laughs> I thrive in chaos. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Same. One thing? What do you mean? like me What's doing that? one thing. <laughs> what, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I think when I'm old and decrepit and can no longer do as many things anymore. Oh, I feel I feel like you'll be like um, Iris Atful. Literally. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's your, that's your oh. future. Like being the most glamorous 96-year-old designing rugs. Like, Sounds, you know what yeah, I mean? Spins around the all my stuff. <laughs> Here's my burlesque museum. Yeah. Like that sort of thing. People can pay an entry. And to even like producing from, I think that people, especially when they're performers, they kind of, they almost go through different like flow and phases where they're performing a lot and maybe they're taking a little break while they're like working yeah. on maybe their physical health or their mental health or something like that because I think it's important to remember that all of this gets to be fun like it's yeah it's easy to go I need to make money and so I'm not a starving artist but to also go like do the thing that I fucking love and make money and have the best life like yeah. that's the best uh, approach to have to it and I feel like that's what we get to do all the time yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to step back and think about what you've got yes like when you're already in that hustle yeah. and you've been hustling for so long exactly um, yeah but it is pretty amazing because it's like we're kind of doing what we dreamed of at the moment it's like you you always think oh when I get there I'll stop and relax but you keep going well there's the next mountain that I want to climb yeah I got here now I want to get there and sometimes you just got to look around and enjoy the view and be like we get to like um literally pour fake blood on people <laughs> when people like, ask me what I'm doing on the weekend you know, just pouring fake blood on people. Yeah. Somebody said this to me actually the other day. Um, they were like, "Oh, you're you're doing what people say they want to do," and mm. I'm like, "Yeah." They were like, "What are you doing on the weekend?" I'm like, "Oh, pouring blood all over." Some hot yeah. babes. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. Wow, I'm really doing were, it. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago when we did that bloodbath shoot, with a, we had a beautiful client. We were, like, hosing her down, and I was literally giving her, like, a sponge bath. And I was like, I love my life. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, frolicking in a cemetery with a half-naked babe. Yes, like. I know. It was so – and because it, it gets to be so fun and funny mm. and, like – 
Uh, I think that a lot of people think, oh, you can never have a career out of something that you enjoy that much, that work has to be hard and that you have to fucking slave away. But it's always like, am I enjoying this right now? I think that's what makes the hard parts like harder is because you're working towards something that you're like so passionate about wanting to do for the rest of your life that, you know, it feels like it could slip away at any Mm. moment because it is such a fluctuating like Mm. I don't know industry to be a part of and you know we can't not acknowledge that cost of living means that maybe sometimes people aren't thinking about Mm. paying for a makeup artist or a photo shoot or you know prioritizing those things at that time and then I just like I just lean into the gratitude of it the clients that we have are fucking incredible and want to work with us so much like I remember a couple of weeks ago you said to me I feel like your sidekick and I was like you're like my (laughs) co-star like people want to work with you just as much as they want to work with me and I feel like that's often something with makeup artists is that they they feel like very in the background like I'm the supporting cast oh yeah I've been treated that way yeah which sucks many times it's just like this the help <laughs> like it's like like i said before if the client doesn't like if if somebody that i'm photographing hates their makeup it does not matter how good i do my fucking job or yeah because like for me like you're laying the foundation for a successful fucking photo shoot and some makeup artists they won't show you the client like progress sometimes people say i don't want to see till the end and other people want to see each step and they want to see the progress and i think that that has to do with their their image of themselves they need to see each step because then they feel a sense of control which is fine it's your fucking face feel a sense of control but it's interesting how some makeup artists will refuse to show people because they want this big reveal at the end but then you're also putting pressure on that person to love it because at no point can they speak up and say oh can we just change this a little bit or can you do my eyeliner often people don't really understand what it's going to look like in the end (laughs) even if you show them bits and pieces halfway through they're not going to look at it and be like yeah that looks really amazing if they don't have anything on their skin yeah and then you're just on the eyes and stuff so yeah i think like people are pretty attuned to like read your energy and if a makeup artist isn't confident in what they're doing or like they read that like they're made a mistake or something like that then that anxiety isn't passed on yes to the client and do you feel like um your makeup style is changing like over time or do you feel like you're just honing the skill that you have i think yeah definitely honing it and finding ways that really like do the things that i want to do i think that's Mm. taken me so much time because like i've not ever had enough money to like have all the products ever and like have this huge array of things I can draw upon so like learning how to find things that I know will work for Mm. what I want them to do and like being able to recognize it the tools and things like that that will help bring out the best quality of work yeah that's been really like the biggest part of the journey it's like knowing okay i need to find this thing because i know that's how that's going to work and it doesn't always work all the time exactly so then you have to learn to adapt to it and make it make it work anyway so yeah it's a constant learning process i feel like i do that as a photographer i'll see an image or have a thought that inspires me and i'm like i'm at a how do i get to b yeah and sometimes that's test shoots and figuring out shit in between like the first bloodbath shoot that we did we learned a lot yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> but you don't know until you try. Yeah. And and I feel like sometimes when we are a professional, like I'm a professional photographer, you're a professional makeup artist, it's hard to kind of go, well, I'm not professional at this particular thing. So we're going to try it and yeah. see what happens. And then we're all going to learn together and we get to go on this journey. And I think that if, if we weren't always trying to push ourselves and achieve new things and just did the same copy paste with each fucking person then we would kind of lose passion for what we do because Mm. i you know you you know how many ideas i get all the time do you feel like you get that many ideas and maybe you just don't like verbal diarrhea it as much as i do (laughs) (laughs) um i think i often just like uh, try to be present in like what i'm doing and like (laughs) not that you're not But when I've always said yes to people, even when they ask me, hey, can you do this kind yeah. of thing? And I've always said, yep, can do it, mm. can find Unless a way to do it. Do you want to do all of my bridesmaid and my makeup for free at my wedding? Then <laughs> then it's a definite no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I remember reading something a while ago. If you if a makeup artist had to buy their entire kit from scratch, it would be around $5,000. Yeah. And it's seen as like a not expensive or skilled job you're literally getting somebody to uh, like work on your face to use all of their knowledge and skills in like also cleanliness like hygiene and so making me cart around a 15 kilo workcase like everywhere often traveling to people and sometimes people like i want it to be 80 dollars including lashes and i'm like then go to Kmart and buy $80 worth of makeup and do it yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're paying for something like custom bespoke just for you. It's to me like a tattoo. Like I hate it when people like, Oh, tattoos are so expensive. Um, you literally get that shit forever. Yeah. (laughs) And just pay artists for their work and for their skills. And I think sometimes the attitude is, well, makeup doesn't last on your face forever, but that you still made a custom painting on their face with (laughs) fucking powders and creams like come on like i wish people you know valued it a lot more and saw it as the art form that it is because i feel like there's like that high-end makeup that people see on youtube or whatever and they're like oh that's so creative and they don't see that the people who are working every day as a makeup artist are using those same skills it's just that not everybody wants an avant-garde editorial yeah you know look every fucking day you know i wish even if you have those expensive products doesn't mean the end result is going to be any good exactly i've done like my time as a makeup artist like not charging people or not charging them enough like have having done it for like 10 plus years like my prices have always increased with my skill and mm-hmm. what I've been able to give people exactly. and what I felt was comfortable. And I've never had anyone like really question it, like how much I'm charging because mm. like it's always matched what yes. I'm able to, to give deliver. them. Yeah, yes. deliver. So exactly. that's been really good. But yeah, when I worked at like makeup counters and stuff and you get you set this precedent where like you're not paying for the makeup artists you're paying for the products that they use yes they're like it's 90 dollars, but you yeah. get products at the end of it yeah. so it's diminishing your skill yeah exactly and that's what retail is basically yeah. it's how can i get you to work for the fucking bare minimum and drive you into the ground but that's another podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah now i can charge what i feel is appropriate and no one's ever been like well that's too much they've always been like okay exactly like, yeah and that feels I, really amazing i feel like as a consumer as a client when somebody is confident in their price and going you know this is how much i charge 
it makes me feel like better because mm. okay i know how much you cost whereas when people are like oh well i mean it's this much but you know i could do this and bring down the price or whatever then i'm like well you don't feel confident in it so i pick up on that energy mm. so i like it when people are like this is how much i charge because i'm fucking good at what i do yeah. i love that attitude i'm like yes you boss bitch You're like let me fucking shove money into your underwear <laughs> <laughs> I love it when anybody has that attitude about their work and it is really hard as anybody who works in the arts because you feel like your art is a is a reflection of your worth as a person like yeah and you feel like you're asking for like the world when you're yeah. just like literally the bare minimum yeah. to put food on the table yes, baby or rent i also have to eat yes. and also <laughs> you have to replace your products as you use them like yeah. it's not an infinite like it's not a mary poppins case that you've got where makeup just appears and it <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that, that would be, be so awesome. good. Awesome. <laughs> I know, but I, I love what you do and I love that we get to work together and that I love we it too. I remember like doing photo shoots with you when we weren't doing them together. Yeah. And I'd be like, Wow, I've done photo shoots with Shayla like three times this month. Wouldn't it be amazing if yeah. we just did like a thing together where we could offer packages and that would be so cool and then like lo and behold, a couple months later exactly. I was like, yes! yeah, look at that manifestation <laughs> i literally because had this conversation it, oh, it's so good because it's like i am so confident in what you do and believe and i love that you see my end vision because i know a lot of people can understand what i'm saying when i'm like okay i want to combine a burlesque martini glass with blood but also a metallic background yeah, I'm there. and to, and to <laughs> not just be like sure that sounds like a lot <laughs> I feel like you are very honest with me and are like, sometimes you gotta rain an inch. We are but two people. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I have to express myself artistically and I feel like it gives you an avenue. We get to work with the best fucking people who love what we do, yeah. who are obsessed with our work, who are our biggest cheerleaders. Like, couldn't ask for anything better, Amazing. honestly. Yeah, and I think a lot of makeup is working within parameters and when you're working with someone that has boundless parameters it makes it really fun (laughs) (laughs) and on that note um let's say goodbye to all of our wonderful listeners (laughs) i don't know how many of them there's gonna be thank you so much for joining us on the who is she pod yeah follow me (laughs) (laughs) yes follow leah on instagram tangerine scream and leah toyne makeup artist she's also on facebook and basement productions is where you produce burlesque shows anything else those are the main three yeah and if you want to work with us we have a couple of available shoots coming up i think we're going to have a boudoir shoot day in november and we have glitter bath in summer so if you want to do those things you can head over to my instagram for all of the links thank you so much bye bye Want to know how to get more Shayla in your face, ears, and maybe other body parts? (laughs) You can find all the links on how to work with me in the description box below this episode. You can also join my email list or VIP Facebook group to be the first to know about my new photo shoots, workshops, or interstate tours. You can also book a one-on-one mentoring session with me to chat all things self-love, business, or photography. 
Best of all, snap up an amazing photo shoot experience where I will hype you up like no one else and get incredible photos of your butt. <laughs> Head over to Instagram if you want to see my daily shenanigans at shayla.photographer. Remember, my name is spelled with a C-H. Or find this podcast on Instagram at who.is.she.pod for my ridiculous antics on there. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.